Welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast number 15. Anti-police activists get police cars changed, man threatening cops online arrested, and cop killer out for parole goes right back in. From Catlettsburg, Kentucky, the Livingston Ledger reports say police department in Kentucky removed Blue Lives Matter decals featuring the Marvel comic character The Punisher from their patrol cars after criticism. Catlettsburg Police Chief Cameron Logan, who helped create the decals as a way to give back to the police officers, said both the city council and mayor approved of the design, while many locals were supportive of the decals. Others said the message was dismissive to the Black Lives Matter movement. Logan enlisted a decal business in Louisiana and a large design, featuring the Punisher skull with Blue's Lives Matter emblazoned over it, was added to the patrol cars in December. The police chief defended his decision to the Lexington Herald leader, saying, That design is basically to give back to the police officers. Our lives matter just as much as anybody's. I'm not racist or anything like that. I'm not trying to stir anything up like that. I consider it to be a warrior logo, just cause it has blue lives matter on the hood, all lives matter. That decal represents that we will take any means necessary to keep our community safe. Logan added that the city council consisting of six people, along with Mayor Randall Peterman, had approved the designs. When images of the patrol cars were posted on Kentucky Going Blue, a Facebook page dedicated to supporting law enforcement officers, the response was enthusiastic. But critics wondered how much the decals cost while others said it was dismissive to those who had suffered at the hands of the police. From Detroit, Insider Financial reports a Detroit man who was arrested last year after allegedly posting threats on Facebook against white police officers is scheduled to appear in court. Nhiru Gowan Littleton, 40, is accused of making a terroristic threat and using a computer to commit a crime, both 20-year felonies. He was one of four Detroit residents arrested in July after allegedly posting anti-cop messages on social media. Littleton is expected to appear before Wayne Circuit Judge Vonda Evans Wednesday morning for a motion hearing. Police submitted warrants to Wayne County prosecutors seeking charges against three of the men, including Littleton. Detectives determined there wasn't enough evidence to seek charges against the fourth suspect, in Sapara. Take cases. Prosecutor Kim Worthy declined to charge the trio because she said their alleged posts didn't constitute crimes, but two months later, Michigan Attorney General Bill Scoot announced he was bringing terrorism charges against Littleton. Littleton allegedly wrote on July 9, blank them blank racist cops. Kill them all, black lives matter, black people should start killing all white cops just like they are killing us. Then and only then will this blank stop, why you ask. Because white people will be dropping like flies. Littleton allegedly wrote, when he announced the charges in October, Scoot said during a news conference that the post constituted a terrorist threat. This type of action endangers law enforcement, makes our schools and neighborhoods less safe, and encourages violent behavior which threatens the lives of law enforcement across the United States. He said, Scoot's remarks were in contrast to Worthy's August. 30 written statement that the case could not be charged under Michigan's terrorism statute, Worthy added, the statement made by Littleton is vague, he did not indicate that he was the one who was going to kill all white cops, and never said that his Facebook friends should kill all white cops, further, he did not indicate when all white officers should be killed or which white officers should be killed, there is no evidence the suspect took any action himself, or did anything to facilitate the killing of white officers, she said. 
where they noted that Littleton was in Puerto Rico when he wrote the post, and said he couldn't be charged because he wasn't in Wayne County. The American Civil Liberties Union is scheduled to appear in court Wednesday. After filing a brief supporting Littleton, this man was angry about the pattern of police violence against unarmed black men, so he took to his Facebook post to express that anger. ACLU of Michigan Deputy Legal Director Dan Koropkin said in a statement, he was sharply critical of the police, and it's understandable that some found what he said to be inappropriate and disturbing, but let's be clear, he didn't hurt anyone, nor did he plan to, in America. We don't arrest people, or prosecute them as terrorists, just because they say things the police don't like, we're not a police state, Scoot, when asked at his news conference to comment on the differing legal opinions, said, these charges are solid and substantive, I stand with the cops, these threats are serious, they provoke violence, we filed these charges, they're solid, and this is a fight worth fighting for. He added there's a statute that allows charges to be filed if someone makes an act from another state that has a detrimental impact on Michigan, Worthy said in a statement after Scoot's announcement that it was his prerogative to file charges. We stand by our decision in that case and we will continue to advocate for needed changes in the applicable statutes, she said. Legal experts said it's unusual, although not unheard of. For the attorney general to charge a suspect after a county prosecutor declined to bring charges, courts have ruled that true threats are not protected under the First Amendment. From Berkeley, California, Bay Area News reports say former University of California at Berkeley football player has been arrested after allegedly assaulting a Berkeley police officer and attempting to grab his handgun in a struggle, according to city police. The incident started around 1 in the morning Sunday. According to Officer Byron White, the suspect, 19-year-old Joseph Adime Wisdom Ogun Banjo, allegedly flagged down a Berkeley police patrol vehicle traveling south on Gailey Road as Ogun Banjo stood near the center median. According to White, Ogun Banjo asked the officer at the driver's side window about his handgun and whether he could drive the patrol vehicle. When the officer said no, Ogun Banjo was asked to step away from the vehicle but then allegedly forcibly opened the driver's side door, White said the officer believed Ogun Banjo was trying to take the patrol vehicle, and then the officer got out and tried to order Ogun Banjo to sit on the ground while waiting for backup. A few moments, later, Ogun Banjo allegedly then grabbed the officer and tightened his grasp on him, as the officer called for backup and tried to cuff Ogun Banjo, he allegedly tried to grab the officer's handgun but eventually grabbed the officer's body camera, which fell to the ground during the struggle while still recording and put it in his pocket, White said. According to White, Ogun Banjo kept demanding the officer give him his gun, and elbowed him at one point. Ogun Banjo then allegedly got in the driver's seat, but the officer was able to get him out of the vehicle and was able to detain him with help from other officers. Ogun Banjo was booked into Santa Rita Jail on $185,000 bail. He is being held on suspicion of carjacking, threatening violence on a police officer and allegedly attempting to remove an officer's weapon and battery on a police officer, per Calorie Football's website. Ogun Banjo is listed as an outside linebacker from Houston. He was on the team the past two seasons, playing in a total of 17 games and recording 11 total tackles, but is no longer on the roster. Cal Athletics issued a statement about the arrest, We are aware of an incident involving Joseph Ogun Banjo, and the details as described by the Berkeley Police Department are troubling, the statement said. 
While he is no longer a member of our football program, we remain concerned for his well-being. From New York City, the Post reports a convicted cop killer was sprung on parole Tuesday, only to get locked up again for violating probation during the 1998 slaying of NYPD officer Anthony Masomelo. Betsy Ramos, 55, was taken straight to Brooklyn Federal Court from the Maximum Security Women's Prison in Bedford Hills, where she spent the past 20 years for her role in Masomelo's death. Ramos, who at the time was on federal supervised release for importing heroin, pleaded guilty to two counts of violating terms of her sentence in a bid to walk free on time served, but Judge Nicholas Garolfi's instead ordered Ramos jailed so that Ms. Omillo's kin, who weren't present Tuesday, can speak at her sentencing, which he set for December, 20, I don't care if it was one year ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago, Garolfi's said, when someone is murdered, I want to hear from the family if the family wants to speak to me, Ramos, who wore black pants and a light gray sweater, with her graying hair pulled into a bun, covered her eyes with one hand and wiped away tears upon learning she was headed back behind bars, Masomilo was fatally shot on May 26, 1998, when he and partner Miriam Torres went to Ramos East Flatbush apartment in search of her boyfriend, Jose Serrano who was wanted for failing to appear in court, Ramos falsely claimed Serrano wasn't there, but the cops searched the place until he burst out from behind a trapdoor in a closet and attacked them, during the struggle, cops claimed Ramos knocked Torres's gun from her hand, allowing Serrano to grab it and shoot Masomillo four times, Masomillo managed to return fire and kill Serrano before dying of his own injuries, Ramos was charged with second-degree murder but a Brooklyn jury convicted her on a lesser charge of manslaughter, for which she was sentenced to 15 years to life, she was denied parole four times before finally convincing officials she was reformed, in court papers, Ramos claims that she was abused by Serrano and is now suffering from a host of ailments, including drug-resistant HIV, that give her an estimated two years left to live, before pleading guilty on Tuesday. She read a prepared statement in which she admitted that I hid my abuser from the police when they came to serve a warrant, widow of fallen NYPD officer heartbroken to learn his killer's gal pal granted parole my actions that day set in motion a situation where a police officer died, she said in a shaky voice, but I did not kill the police officer, Masomillo's family, which includes a daughter, Francesca, who's set to graduate from the NYPD Police Academy on December, 27 declined to comment, but the head of the Police Benevolent Association, Patrick Lynch, said cops were grateful to Judge Garolfi's for letting the family of our hero police officer be heard, because of the New York State Parole Board's outrageous deception, the Masomilla family has been forced to live in fear of seeing Anthony's killer walk out of prison doors, Lynch said in a prepared statement, their sacrifice matters, their suffering matters, their voices need to be heard. This news brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals visit nationalpolice.org.